0: which is one of my favorite psalms in the the NIV version, Psalm 139, starting in, in verse one. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before. You lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. We are uh, going another lap through the path. If you look behind me, you see what we're reintroducing to our church. We call it the path, the way that you can become fully involved in all that we have at Bethel and also be as blessed as you can be by being in this spiritual house. It's a path. It's not something that is static. It's something that you walk along. Three major movements to it. No. No. And we're going through one more lap of it to make sure it gets fully stamped into who we are and our identity and everybody knows what their next step is on the path. Let's say them together one more time. Really simple, really easy to remember. You can look in front of you in the seat back. There's a little card there that if you flip it over to the back, it says path on it. Flip it over to the back. tells you what the steps are in each of those movements on the path. We'll come back to that in a moment. The first major movement, know. This psalm starts by talking about knowing again and again and again. But not with the psalmist knowing God, with God knowing knowing the psalmist. And actually, that's how it begins for us. Our knowing starts with being known. Last night, my uh, second Daughter Zoe and I were just laying in the bedroom. I was crawled up under the the blankets had been a long day It wasn't quite time for bed, but I was there anyway And she was laying with our new puppy over in the corner of the room cuddling with the puppy and we just started talking for about my quirks I apparently have some quirks. Have you ever had this conversation with somebody? (laughs) This can be a very interesting conversation. So, you start finding out all the things that some of them you know and some of them you don't know. And see, I actually really had fun listening to all the little things about me. I mean, some of them, even people who don't know me very well, would know. You know, for me, I always have about seven things running up here. I'm thinking about this chapter in the Bible over here, and I'm thinking about this sports thing over there, and I'm contemplating this part of something who goes crazy lately. It's been quantum physics. Don't ask me why. And I'm asking questions about how. that gate is going to be fixed, and I'm thinking about the 17 things I want to do when I get back to work, and so I don't pay any attention to where I put my keys or my wallet. So they both have an air tag on them, and both of the batteries are dead on the air tags because of how many times I have to go find that stinking thing, find that stinking thing, find that stinking thing. I don't, way back when I got my doctorate, I gave up on trying to keep track of keys and wallets. I couldn't keep track of that and everything else. So that was one of the quirks she mentioned. But you, I mean, you don't have to know me very well at all to know that one. My feet get hot. They're fine all day long. I'm doing great all day long. Kick off my shoes, sit down on the couch, and for some reason, as soon as I put that thing up, my feet get hot. So what are you going to do? I've been working hard all day. I don't want to go anywhere else. My feet are hot and my socks are still on. So I take one toe and roll that sock off and take the other toe and roll that sock off and kick them off to the side on the ground. And then I'm not getting up right now. So do I remember them later? No. Now, this is causing my dear friend, Pastor James, great turmoil. He has a thing. This is one of his quirks. He has a thing about feet. Feet mess him up. Just talking about feet messes him up. So this is fun talking about me, and it's fun messing with him. So you find my socks laid all over the house. Dave, your socks are here again. My feet got hot. What do you want me to do? That's my only explanation. My feet got hot now just in case you're just leaving me out on an island all by myself with all my quirks i have other ones sometimes i can go quick into disaster zone everything's happy and then i can't you know maybe i can't find my keys maybe i don't know maybe there's no socks because none of them made it into the hamper, and i can't find socks it's 30 seconds until i'm this is terrible this is awful i don't know what we're going to do 30 seconds in but the good news is it's 30 seconds back out once we find it everything's great i'm happy life is good i have lots of quirks do you Okay, good. So, just, just in case you don't know what some of them are, some, I looked some of them up. 256 common quirks of people on, on, on this website. And some people uh, crack their knuckles frequently. Would you stop that? Some people enter rooms hesitantly because they're not, <laughs> You know, not quite sure. Like every room they go into, they enter hesitantly. Some people are all loose-limbed walking. And some people are real rigid when they walk. Some people take long steps. And some t- people just get, they got a quick turnover rate. You've seen some of this. Some people keep biting their nails. They can't stop biting their nails. They're biting all the time. And other people keep tapping, tapping their teeth. Tap, tap. Oh, stop tapping your teeth. <laughs> Quit tapping your teeth. Some people eat really huge bites. <laughs> right? And you're like, how are you eating? You can't swallow that. There's no way you did They're chewing for half an hour. Other people take tiny little itty bitty bitty bites and two hours later, they're still eating. Some people are done within 30 seconds and some people 30 minutes later, you're thinking that was the appetizer. Am I finding some of, you? some of you? Some of you scratch your head frequently. Some of you touch your face for no reason. Some of you, when you put your legs crossed, you start shaking your foot. That was on here, and I just saw two of you doing it. That was pretty funny. Uh, so I <laughs> think we all have our quirks. Now, Zoe knows some of my quirks, but she doesn't know near as many of my quirks as Holly knows. Holly knows just about every part of my life. There's nothing I try to keep hidden from her. We have an even more open relationship than I invite other marriages to have. I think don't try to do it our way. Our way is our way. She just knows everything. But she knows when I get up in the middle of the night. She knows when I can't sleep, but I'm trying to act like I'm sleeping. She knows when I'm worried about something, but I'm acting happy. She knows when I'm worn out and I have nothing else to give, but I'm still trying and I ought to sit down. She knows every living little quirk about me, the good, the bad, the ugly. Zoe doesn't yet know even half of what Holly has to suffer with me. And yet Holly, closest friend I've ever had or ever will have, doesn't know 1% of what God knows about me. He knows my quirks, he knows my hang-ups, he knows my joys, he knows my highs, he knows my lows, he knows my rising up, he knows my setting down, he knows my going out, he knows my returning, he knows every single bit of what there is to know about me. He knows things about me I don't yet know, and he understands the reasons for things that I don't understand about me. Now, that's wonderful to us, but you have to realize this is a revolution in relationship to God. If you read through the Old Testament and pretend nothing else had ever been given to you about how we relate to God, you'll find that early on, people related to God kind of like they were building a fence. Uh, They would have this posthole encounter with God, a deep powerful Impacting encounter with God one single post hole digger goes down deep put the post in it's never going to move They had an encounter with God and then they got a string along like fence wire faith thin, for a very long distance think about it Abraham Leave your family, leave your country, leave your people to a land I will show you. You know it took months and months and months, and then he stops in Haran, and then months and months and months and months still to get there? Stringing and stretching along that fence wire from one post to the next until you can finally get another post hole and anchor it's not till Moses that we start to see anything like a friendship with God seem to emerge. With Moses, God seems to want to set up shop with people now. I want to be present with you. But Moses himself, for the first major majority of his life, just had postholes with God. 40 years of his life are a big blank while he's out shepherding in Nowheresville. A murderer on the run. And then another posthole comes burning bush but God makes it clear he wants to be with him all the time and then there's a cloud and then there's fire and he wants to be with his people wants to set up shop in a tabernacle he wants to be with them and what do they do they get terrified and say Moses you go talk to him you tell us what he said so in the beginning you have a post hole fence kind of relationship then we have a delegated specialized relationship Moses is the one who relates to God. Everybody else listens to Moses. And it stays delegated through Joshua, through the judges, all the way up to the beginning of the prophets with Samuel. For that huge history, and if you're not familiar with it, it's a long time. Virtually no one was in a regular, knowing and being-known relationship with God. David had no reason to write Psalm 139. So when this shepherd starts writing poetry, they're not in chronological order, but when you start in the Psalms in chapter one, you find him meditating on the word of God because he wants to meditate on it like a tree planted by streams of living water. He knows that's going to give him life, but it moves forward in his intimacy with God and eventually you get Psalm 23 where the Lord is not our shepherd, the Lord is not a shepherd, the Lord is... The Lord is my shepherd; He makes me lie down. He leads me beside quiet waters. This is an intimacy with the Lord nobody else had been speaking about. It's not delegated to him. It's not. He's not specialized. He's a nobody. He's forgotten even by his family. They forget about him. When the prophet comes to town looking for him, he's out watching sheep. He's not even mentioned. There's no special position. There's no special anointing. He's just out in the hills contemplating the stars, contemplating the fields, contemplating the sheep. And as he meditates on the word and as he meditates, he experiences God in a way that others have not experienced God. And when he starts to pen these psalms, these songs, it's a revolution in spiritual relationship with god that you and i could say the divine the almighty the omnipresent the omniscient knows not just us i mean think about it the universe is billions of light years across it takes light 185,000 miles a second and then it's years to get across it's ridiculous I, i promised my wife i wouldn't talk about the universe today but i had to slip it in honey i just had to slip it in it's a massive universe and he's bigger than it. And David says, he knows me. Wow, that's good. <laughs> that's so cool. Unless he's experienced it, it wouldn't make sense. Can I get you to write some things down? I have some notes for you today. First thing I want to tell you that I think David is revealing to us in Psalm 139 God knows me fully. God knows me fully. We just read it. Let me remind you of it. You have searched me, O Lord, and you know me you know when I sit and when I rise you perceive my thoughts from afar you discern means to winnow to to spread like shaft from wheat you discern my good going out my bad going out you discern my good lying down my bad lying down you are familiar with all my ways before a word is even on my tongue while it's bouncing around up in my mind you already know it now, sometimes Holly hears my murmuring when she doesn't think, when I don't think anybody else is listening and I start talking through something out loud and she'll say, you know, I can hear you. Well, God already heard me before it came out of the mind cave I was living in for a second. That's why we don't have to speak when we pray. God hears it already. You hear me in behind and before this intimate picture, it's not lay a hand on me like you're going to throttle me or beat me up. You lay a hand on me that you're that close. And that connected, such knowledge is too lofty for me. I can't attain it. I can't grab a hold of it. You say, no? (laughs) I don't know if I can. But I'm known. And once I know that I'm known, it's the biggest part of what I need to know. God knows me fully, so I am fully known. Sometimes we walk around as human beings wondering if anybody really knows us. We put up the faces and the facades, the images and the acts. We don't know if anybody knows us, someone does. The second thing comes... From verses 7 through 12, listen to them. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? Now, remember, he's contemplating the Almighty, the Holy, the Perfect, and the Righteous Judge. And he's realizing that that Righteous and Perfect and Almighty and Holy Judge knows everything about him. Everything he's hidden from others. Everything is fully known. He is laid bare before the Almighty. What's the natural human result? What's the natural human reaction? There's no cross of Jesus Christ. There's no communion cup. There's no... he he wants to flee he wants to run away where can I flee from your presence if I go up to the heavens well there you are if I make my bed of the depths there you are if I rise on the wings of the dawn that's to the east there you are if I settle on the far side of the sea that was to the west there you are If I say, well, I can't go anywhere where you're not, so I won't go out unless it's dark like a fugitive. I won't go out unless I don't think anybody can see me when there's no moon and there's no stars. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me. Even the darkness will not be dark to you because you wrap yourself in light and you can see even when there isn't light. He didn't have night vision goggles. He wasn't playing combat video games. He wasn't watching CIA movies. He didn't know about any of that, but he knew that God could see through the darkest of darkest of darks because he had watched and felt and sensed God in the darkest night of his soul. Here's the second thing that I want you to write down. Number two, God never leaves me. Now, when we use these little analogies, you know, if you're far from God, come home. You're actually not far from God. Your heart's just oriented away from Him. You're pointed to try to flee from Him, but you can't. The moment you even turn your attention to Him, you run smack dab into Him. It, the, the The imagery actually in this Psalm is, "Where can I flee from Your breath? Your Spirit." How can I get away from your face? your presence? So it, some of you have that close talking quirk, you know <laughs> You just somebody that you're talking and they keep coming and you keep trying to get away and they keep coming and you keep trying to get away, and they keep coming. And, Would you give me a little space? I can smell everything you've had. <laughs> That's the picture. God is right there. Where can I get from your Where can I flee from your? You're all up in my business. And there's a certain holy fear that comes out of it. And yet then he turns quickly to some sort of consolation. He he wants to run when he finally realizes he can't run and there's no point in running anymore. I've been running, I've been running, I've been running and I can't seem to outrun you. As a matter of fact, you were already there. I thought you were back there. Then he says if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. What was initially fear at the power of God turned to comfort at the very same power. This is a revolution in knowing God. God never leaves me, so I am never alone. I hope that you can settle that somewhere deeper than the surface of your mental screen. Some of you have heard me mention that our Attorney General has said that loneliness is an epidemic in our society, that it's causing health concerns for our society as a whole. It's perhaps his number one concern, loneliness. It's interesting to me because in the beginning part of my journey, often when I tell my two-minute miracle, which is a two-minute testimony of our story with God, I say that loneliness was always with me. I never knew a time when I wasn't lonely. I could be lonely in a crowd. I could be lonely alone. I never felt like I was known, understood, or wanted. And I felt deep loneliness to the point where that pain led me to want to take my life. I would have rather died than kept living so lonely. Listen to what A.W. Tozer says. There is a strain of loneliness infecting many Christians which only the presence of God can cure. There's a little bit extra there after Tozer. Sorry about that. That's a different quote. There is a strain of loneliness infecting many Christians which only the presence of God could cure. It's not just people who are pre Christ. It's people with Christ not realizing all of what we have in Christ because he said, It's better that I go than a counselor like me can come and he will lead you and remind you and guide you and protect you and teach you. The Holy Spirit is always with us and that Spirit is the Spirit of Christ. That Spirit is God. And I am now just even more certain I am the new covenant. David didn't even have the new covenant, but he realized the gospel. The gospel is all through the Old Testament, it's every page. he was never alone I don't deal with loneliness anything like I'm still human but anything like what I once did I used to run two crowds even though they exhausted me now I'm so happy when I can have a moment alone with God there's no person I'd rather be with than him do you know him that way Do you know him that way? Not just in services and life groups, not just, and I hope you're in a life group and want you to be in one. That community can help you get to know God this way if you don't already. But do you know him this way? Not just in holy moments, but in every moment. In the shower, while you're eating cereal, when you're stubbing your toe. You know, I know when you hit your thumb with a hammer, you use God's name, but you're not usually using it that way, right? When you're in pain, when you're in joy, when you're in sorrow, when you're in grief, when you're in loss, when, when you're receiving, when you're losing, when you're winning, when you're falling. Do you know him this way? God knows me fully. God never leaves me. Number three, God completely understands me. Now, this... Psalm is quoted most often in a support for a view of life that is sacred and and I certainly hold that view but there's so many more riches here than, than just knowing that we're created from within our mother's womb which I certainly recognize is here but listen to what else is being said and what is meant by him being our creator for you created my inmost being you knit me together in my mother's womb I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made he's seeing himself now through God's eyes not in the mirror not with shame not with comparison through the Creator's eyes I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made your works in some translations say all your works are wonderful I know that full well are you included in the works of God okay are you, are we still together it's good to see you all good morning glad you could be at Bethel today uh, are we included In the works of God, yes. Does that mean I'm fearfully and wonderfully made? Does that mean you are fearfully and wonderfully made? But let's come back to me. Does that mean I'm fearfully and wonderfully made? No, just kidding. (laughs) Realize that. Not just on the surface of the screen of your mind. He made you a certain way because he wanted you that way. I know that for well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. This didn't happen outside of your attention. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. And the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious are your thoughts, O oh God! How vast is the sum of them! Would I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand on the shores of every beach in the world. There's a beautiful little double meaning in this psalm. It starts with, to me, or toward me, precious are your thoughts. And it could be translated that your thoughts are precious to me. It could also be translated, your thoughts about me are precious. It could be translated, your thoughts in general are vast and numerous. It could be translated, your thoughts about me are vast and numerous. And I think because poetry does this often, it means both. That he has thought about me more than every single grain of sand on every beach in every place of the world. From the Great Barrier Reef all the way over to the coast of Brazil, all the way up to northern, I don't know, Newfoundland, all the way down to Argentina. You can go around the Horn, you can go around the Cape, you can go to every beach and gather everything. And he has thought about me more than that. And at the very same time, is thinking about you without breaking his train of thought, without losing his keys. God completely understands me so I'm fully understood I do hope you're writing these things down and taking them in number four he not only knows me fully He not only never leaves me alone, he not only understands me completely. Number four, God is for me. This is a revolution in knowing the holy and the almighty and the omniscient, the all-powerful, the great cosmic being who spins stars with the word. He is for me? Even though he knows me? Listen to how David falls into his own flesh. If only you, God, after all this beautiful stuff, if only you, God, would slay, murder, literally murder. If only you, God, would murder the wicked. Away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. Uh, Them who are bloodthirsty. (laughs) You want everybody who's opposing God to be murdered. They speak of you with evil heart. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord, and abhor those who are in rebellion against you? I have nothing but hatred for them i count them my enemies now when you love somebody like you really love them right now some of you use this phrase there's somebody that you are ride or die with right when you really love them then people who hate them naturally make you angry if somebody hates pastor james that makes me stinking mad if somebody hates my wife, Holly, yeah. I don't even know if they're human. How do you hate Holly? Right, right, right. <laughs> right. Sometimes we see angels unawares and sometimes they're fallen angels unawares. Demon, I don't know what. How do you hate Holly? Right. <laughs> and one of David's proclivities, when you look at his sins, he had two major sins. One of them is rage. A warrior who's now off the battlefield but has a warrior's memory. And some of you have gone through that. You, you shift quickly back on, to, as if you're on the battlefield and trying to pull yourself back from there is hard. And that's where I think he is in this song. <laughs> if you would just kill him, or if you just let me kill him. You just say just say the word cuz I know how to do it. If I can kill Goliath and I can kill a bear and I can kill a lion, I can kill all of them. I'm going to get every just line them up. And I'm just going to start taking them down. He is in his carnal, fleshly self thinking it's love, but it's hate. Wow. Wow. It's good. That's so good. And then when he catches himself, doesn't erase it, doesn't smudge it out, knows that God knows all of that stuff about him anyway. That's what he's been saying listen to what he says next search me oh god beginning you have searched me and you know me at the end search me again oh god and know my heart he doesn't know his heart no he knows his heart he wants to now lay open before god what he knows is already open why hide it see if there is any offensive way in me aka i think i might have just had an offensive moment And leave me in the way everlasting. When you stand before the holy and you do something unholy, mm, mm. the temptation is to run and hide and cover. Right, right. Come on, Unless you know the holy is holy for you. <laughs> you <reach> that now. <laughs> Hallelujah. And they're the only one who can make you right. God is for me, so I am finally secure. I hope you'll write that down. I don't need to fear. I don't need to hide. I don't need to shove things into the closet of my soul and kick the door shut and lock it. Fearful that someone might see what's there i don't need to tuck things under the bed sweep things under the rug i can actually bring them out into the light so that they can be dealt with because the only one who has the right to judge me has decided to let that judgment fall on him not on me do you think the gospel's in the old testament it's dripping on every page And it's good, 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 good news. I just want to put up on one screen all of these statements. And I'd like us to read them out loud together. Let's go together. In Christ, I am fully known and fully loved. I am never alone. I am fully understood. I am finally secure. Can we say that one more time? together. In Christ, I am fully known and fully loved. I am never alone. I am fully understood and finally secure. <laughs> Do you know him? Yes. That way. Wow. Yes. Wow. Master Meister Eckart said this, I am as sure as I live that nothing is so near to me as God God is nearer to me than I am to myself. My existence depends on the nearness and the presence of God. Rick Warren, that great preacher of our generation, great pastor, even better pastor than preacher, he said, "It's not the explanations of God that finally bring us comfort. It's the presence of God that brings us comfort comfort. Do you know him that way? Would you stand with me? Would you bow your heads? Close your eyes. Turn your attention to the one whose attention is always turned to you. Open your heart and soul to him right now. Lord, do I know you this way? He's not a religion. Religion sometimes brings us to him. It's not a set of do's and don'ts and rules. He's so much more. He gives rules. Just like we give our children rules. To protect them from themselves. Even his rules are good. But he's not rules. Do you know him this way? If as you turn your heart and attention to him right now, every head bowed, eyes closed, stay with him. Nowhere else. You know that you know that you know that you need to know him better. And you need to know him this way. Better. Better. I just want you to cup your hands up like rain was going to fall in them and lift them to heaven. Make that a physical stance.